You're listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Well, welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. I'm here with Ashton Amerson uh, from Church at the Mill in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, we're excited about you being here. Ashton, welcome to the show. Man, I appreciate you, Lee, having me here today and uh, just talking with you a little bit about kind of an important subject to me and to Church at the Mill and I think uh, all the churches here in South Carolina. Well, before we dive into this conversation about um, uh, helping the brokenness of others, especially in the area of mental health, uh, I want to get to know you a little bit. So tell me about your family. Absolutely. So we've been in South Carolina for about 15 years now. I came right out of seminary to Church at the Mill. I was a graduate of Southeastern Seminary. And after coming to the Mill, it was just me and my wife, Tracy. Had no kids, no nothing at that time. And I've been there 15 years now, a couple different roles and responsibilities, and a few kids later also. So I have a 13-year-old daughter. Her name is Bailey. A 10-year-old son, his name is Tucker. And a five-year-old little spitfire third child named Blakely, who has definitely carved out her little existence in our family of five. She is not going to be forgotten, I promise you. I love it. So as we were chatting before, you were just talking about uh, your hobbies is your family. So tell us what they get into. Yeah, so I used to be the guy in college and uh, also in seminary who, if you wanted to go do it, I probably had that piece of equipment. You want to play golf, I got a pair of golf clubs. You want to go fly fishing, I got it. You want to go rock climbing, I got that. And then when the Lord called me to ministry, all that kind of, uh, in the best possible way, faded into the background a little bit, and I just became a churchman and a family man. Uh, not to say I don't have fun, not to say that I begrudge any of that, uh, but a lot of my hobbies just revolve around just enjoying the church, enjoying ministry, and just enjoying my family. Uh, each of my kids plays sports. My daughter plays basketball. Son, still trying to figure out what his sport is going to be, so he plays just about everything under the sun. And then the third child, like so many third kids, just gets uh, drug around from practice field to practice and to, to everywhere else. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me and kind of uh, my hobbies a little bit. Cool. Well, this uh, this topic today is pretty timely. I mean, we're, we're coming out of a season where um, there's been a lot of isolation. There's been a lot of uh, stress when it comes to uh, just the state of the world. And um, and we've seen a lot of brokenness among people, a rise in, um, in mental health decline. And, uh, and then that uh, obviously manifests itself in the church as we have more and more people seeking counseling. Now, the pastors who are listening to the call here today, they know full well what it's like to get that call of a marriage that's breaking up or an addiction issue that's resurfaced uh, or just needing somebody to talk to. And so I thought it'd be great for, for you to kind of unpack how Church at the Mill has prepared themselves uh, to be able to handle the onslaught of uh, counseling opportunities that are available, and um, and and kind of y'all's ministry now, um, and kind of how it's grown. Yeah, for sure. So. About five or six years ago, uh, for whatever reason, we were seeing uh, just, I, I, I don't think it's an over-exaggeration to just say we were inundated with just different um, situations going on in families and individuals. Most of them you could probably categorize as some way, shape, or form uh, kind of mental health stuff. And I recognized pretty quickly just my ill-equippedness or ineptness to be able to respond to many of these things. I, like a lot of pastors, could give hope, could give encouragement, could support 
support you through that. And if sin uh, was something that was uh, that was present, that was part of the issue was going on, uh, I could easily probably spot that and then give you some encouragement and some guidance on how to uh, to stop that or that you needed to stop that or start doing the other things. But just, just encouraging people and just uh, telling people to stop or start certain things is a far cry from really being able to to counsel them or come alongside of uh, side of them whenever I mean just the gamut of different uh, struggles or things that are going on in people's lives so I knew that I was just ill-equipped to be able to, to do that with many of the situations that were going on and I also knew uh, that our church uh, was struggling as well just being able to keep up with the, with the load and so I began a journey of just trying to figure out okay what do I need to do in order to take care uh, of the people and just be able to keep take care of the demand so I looked at everything looked at back at going back to school and getting another master's degree getting a doctorate uh, export a couple or other different organizations and kind of how they did things. And long story short, I got exposed uh, to an organization called ACBC. That's not to be confused with the band. That's a totally different direction. Uh, but ACBC stands for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Uh, they're a training and certification uh, organization um, that at first I, I knew this was probably something that I wanted to take advantage of, but was very skeptical that lay leaders or other pastors really could get involved and take care uh, of the gravity of the situations uh, that were coming to us. So again, I kind of went into this more with a me mindset, not so much an others uh, and equipping them mindset. So I went down to uh, their annual conference uh, four or five years ago down in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, like so many people can uh, can attest to the Lord just opened up my eyes uh, to to him to his calling of the church the stewardship of truth that we have been given as as the church and how I think we have been called to steward that truth well when it comes to people when they're suffering uh, when they're hurting when they're confused when they know how to make sense of the people and circumstances that are coming into their lives uh, when people find themselves in really really hard difficult situations or maybe even people find themselves really trapped in a particular uh, area of sin um, God's word is not silent about that. God hasn't created this world and then just let it go. And he sits back with his arms crossed and said, well, well, I'm sorry, my, my word is insufficient to be able to guide you when you're hurting, when you're struggling, when horrible uh, things happen, when you go through trauma. Uh, it is absolutely capable. It is absolutely more than efficient to come in and help us to um, think rightly, understand rightly, uh, for the word of God and the spirit of God to come together to literally transform us from the inside out whenever we do find ourselves in that season or that time of struggling, hurting, or sin, or whatever the situation um, may be. And also knew that we needed to equip others to be able to do that. Scriptures talk about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, and this doesn't take uh, a certain intellectual level or a certain calling to be able to do that. I actually have a, uh, a phrase in mind called, uh, every Christian is a counselor. So whenever somebody says, hey, can we talk, or somebody starts to open up to you about something that's difficult or hard, or maybe maybe something that happened in their lives, I think you find yourself in the posture of a counselor in that moment. It doesn't necessarily mean you have all the degrees and credentials. It doesn't mean you're formally making appointments and sitting down with somebody. But whenever you sit across the table from somebody and start to share with them, uh, or they're sharing with you about struggles and difficulties and hardships or whatever's going on, and then you've been called as a Christian, as somebody who loves the Lord and is called to love other people, I think you find yourself in an informal sense uh, 
a counselor. And so knowing that uh, we were just getting inundated at church at the mill, we came back and knew that uh, we needed to start a biblical counseling ministry at our church. And it couldn't just be left up to me or a handful of counselors or pastors to be able to do that. We needed to find a way to equip uh, people within the church to be able to do that. Now, that didn't mean we just picked any old Bob, Henry, Susie, or Jenny to be able to do this. Uh, we tried to recognize their calling, their spiritual maturity, their giftedness in certain areas, and then really took them um, through the ACBC training to be able to equip them to be able to come and sit alongside of people. And I have been floredly, I mean, absolutely floored with how the Lord has called the right people, how the Lord has matured them in this process of training and, e and equipping. Uh, how marriages have been restored, individuals are seeing themselves differently, individuals are seeing God differently. Uh, I think all of us came in with a certain understanding of the sufficiency of Scripture. That's just a, that's a Baptist uh, thing for us. Uh, but man, my, my, my confidence in the Word of God, my confidence in God and the Spirit has just has gone uh, just out of the ballpark when I've just seen Him work. Uh, in the lives of people that I've been able to counsel. And I've watched our lay people come alongside of people uh, and do that as well. And a lot of times they're better equipped, better suited to be able to step into that situation uh, than I am. So it's not just a numbers thing that one or two people inside of a church can't uh, shoulder all the responsibility of the, the hurting people that we find inside of our inside of our churches, but uh, but oftentimes it's they're better equipped and called to be able to do these things, given their past experience, given just their their attitude, their nature, their maturity, the things they've gone through. God leverages all of that to be able to offer care and counseling uh, to people. So we've been at this for. Uh, you know, a couple years now, and uh, we continue to grow. We've uh, been able to host uh, this year's ACBC annual uh, training uh, at our church, and so God's doing some really awesome things uh, in the area of biblical counseling and, and caring for people at Church at the Mill. Now, you've had uh, nearly uh, 30 people within your church trained in this, prepared uh, for a counseling session. Mm -hmm. So, um, just walk me through a person. A person calls the church office or or needs counseling. Uh, just kind of walk me through real quickly um, how that process works to get them uh, from the initial phone call. Uh, to sitting down in front of one of these uh, 30 trained counselors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they, they typically either email, call, or word has spread that um, we have a website that people can go to as well. So they'll go to our website. There they'll learn a, bit, a little bit about us and how we do counseling and what to expect. And then on there we have a uh, what we call a counseling intake form. It's kind of broken up into, into two parts. Uh, part of it is the consent to be able to come along these people and counsel them. And the other part of it is just gathering some information about them so that we can understand the situation, what's been going on, how long has it been going on, what it is and what it isn't, um, with some different investigative questions that go there. From there, that information gets sent to uh, a couple different staff members, and then we assess that uh, and assign counselors based on, obviously, their availability, but more often than availability, it's just who's the right counselor to be able to come along in this situation, whether this is an individual counseling situation, what that individual's needs are, whether this is a marriage case, uh, or whatever the situation uh, may be, and then we assign that counselor um, to them. And then, like a lot of things, uh, depending on their experience, their level of certification, what's been going on, then they get appropriate uh, kind of oversight and direction um, from us 
loss, uh, oftentimes if they're still in the process through through ACBC, uh, ACBC as well. So it really just kind of depends on the situation and the person uh, that we're helping, um, just kind of where they're at and the severity of what's going on uh, will really entail how long uh, we spend time with them. I would say generally speaking, somewhere in the three to four month uh, category if you just nailed me down to how long uh, you know somebody will go from start to finish sometimes it's shorter that's not as not as likelihood uh, oftentimes it is uh, a, a little bit longer to be able to go with that person to come alongside of them given their needs so there's an obvious rise in um, the need for counseling now I mean um, you know we've seen coming out of this COVID season just a uh, dramatic rise in the number of people that are seeking uh, counseling, the, the dramatic rise of um, uh, prescribed medications for mental health. Um, why do you think that there is such a rise in this brokenness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> without sounding too churchy or whatever else, I truly believe that it goes back to the fallenness of, of this creation. Bible literally talks about uh, that creation groans for for the coming of Christ and the effects that sin has had on all of us. Um, I think we're seeing the the effect of this. I think um, certainly COVID hasn't necessarily done us any favors with the isolationism uh, and different things like that. I also think that uh, as scripture talks about, there's there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, there, there's no temptation uh, that has overtaken us except what is common to man. So I don't know if there's necessarily new things that have never, ever been seen before throughout all of human history. As much as culture has recognized these things, culture has come to a place where uh, for lots of different reasons, it's been intensified. It's been uh, harder just to uh, maybe live in, in modern times, but also uh, just an awareness and an education uh, that something called mental health exists. Uh, the vocabulary of different mental health diagnosis is common in our vernacular. We're com- we, we know and understand uh, when somebody says they struggle with depression or anxiety or they've experienced some type of trauma or PTSD, uh, these types of things. Um, so there's just an awareness that this is going on. And so so, you know, the church is sitting there with, um, with you know, all this coming at us because a lot of those folks who are struggling, um, not only necessarily with what you would formally call mental health diagnosis, but just they're, 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 they're struggling. Um, you know, I think one of the effects that sin has had that we don't always recognize uh, is the fact that we in and of ourselves are just not okay. You know, theologically, we understand that that we are broken, that we are completely depraved, that we're in need of forgiveness and a savior, and we need his transformative work to be able to transform us from the inside out. But I don't know if we always can appreciate just how broken, even on the inside, that we are. There are a lot of a lot of popular understandings that say we come into this world. Um, we should be happy. We should be okay. We should be pretty responsive and self-sufficient when it comes to the things of this of this world, whether it be the hardships or heartaches or, or whatever uh, else is going on. I'm just not necessarily convinced that 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 is really um, the case. I would probably argue. I think Scripture would would uh, would back us up in this that we come into this world broken from the inside out. That 
this life is difficult, life is hard, and that something that the Lord has to give us is hope, is, has to give us encouragement, has to give us purpose, has to give us meaning. So when we rightly understand ourselves biblically, not only are we completely depraved, but I don't know if we come into this world in a place of happiness and joy and contentment, and then sometimes life comes along and causes us to step out of that as much as probably we're, we're in that. That is, that is just normal. To be in this world is to be uh, broken on the inside out. That doesn't mean we all walk around depressed and just bummed out and, and, and everything like that. Uh, but even at the lowest level, we experience uh, stress. We experience uh, discontentment. Uh, it's just hard. It's the grind of life um, that just is there because we live in a fallen world and that has even affected us from the inside out. And sometimes life just gets difficult and we don't know how to respond when something difficult happens to us. Uh, something that can come from the outside into us or something that maybe you know we caused ourselves. And scripture is just not silent on how we should look at those things, how we should understand those things, uh, those sometimes false fixed beliefs that we have about ourselves and who God is and the power of his word. And so you know, I see scripture stepping in and I see a God who's very much loves us, who very much wants to offer hope and step into that space and do what I think uh, he and he alone can do, which is to transform us uh, from the inside out. That's a great word. You know, I've, I've, I've noticed that um, a lack of discipleship tends to lead uh, to um, many misconceptions as to the way the world uh, operates, um, uh, expectations that are unmet tend to formulate anxiety. And, um, you know, one of the popular trends I, I hear today is that, you know, the purpose in life is is to be happy and that God just wants me to be happy. And so if I'm not happy, then that means something's wrong with me uh, or something's wrong with my life. And, and then we try to find a remedy. And this lack of discipleship to understand that um, actually it's not, it's not about your happiness. It's, it's about this um, glorification of God and the mission that he has. Uh, it's his mission that we have a, a part in. And so this lack of discipleship many times leads to this confusion, I think, among people, um, not to minimize uh, the reality of, of mental health from a physiological standpoint for some people. Um, but obviously, if we begin to really understand uh, the depths of God, the, um, the reality of who we are, and our great need for him, you know, be, many times those, um, those anxieties and those worries that we have about tomorrow uh, begin to, to be something that we, we realize um, needs to fade away. So how can a pastor be more proactive, um, maybe be prepared uh, for this onslaught for the future? I mean, I'm just thinking about that pastor right now who's listening who's uh, already written one sermon, he's got two more sermons to write, one Bible study potentially of those sermons uh, to, to lead, and uh, he's got a funeral all of a sudden that popped up on a Friday, and now he's got a phone call that's coming in uh, from an individual that's uh, their, their marriage is falling apart, or potentially their, their uh, addiction has resurfaced and they just need to talk to a pastor, and all they can think about is, is the one guy you know, this at the church um, to, to talk to. And that, that phone rings, they get that call and then their heart sinks because they're thinking, I don't have time to deal with this. If I can just fix them real quick, then I can move on to the next thing I've got to do. And, and um, so how can a pastor be proactive and prepared uh, for the future in this arena? Yep. So a couple things there. First of all, I think 
me and any other pastor uh, has got to recognize that we can't nor should we shoulder all the responsibility when it comes to shepherding people, counseling people, loving them well, seeing them through crisis, seeing them through heartache, difficulty, tragedy, trauma, sin, whatever the situation uh, may be. I think secondly, we need to also see that this is also, uh, that we can't do it alone, this is ministry. Um, it's not that all those other things are important and now we just have to figure this out really quickly and move on to the next thing, but this is what God has called us to, which is to shepherd people well, to do discipleship with other people. But the tendency, and I feel this tension too, you may as well, uh, sometimes when we think about that, we fall into that trap of, well, I don't know if I can do it, so if I can't do it, I'm just going to just... Um, Maybe just not worry about it right now. So we delay, 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 delay until it becomes a problem. Then we have to address it, number one. Or number two, um, sometimes we just think, well, I'm just going to just shoulder it. Uh, anyways, it seems like too much work. seems like too much um, energy to be able to find, equip, and delegate this in the right way with the right systems and processes to other people. So that seems like just way too monumental of a task. So I'm just not going to do that anyways. And then there's also, you know, well, maybe there's just somebody outside of the church that maybe should do this too. And I, could, and I get all of that. But what I would probably say to that pastor uh, is that, yes, you have an extremely difficult job. We have a job that is unique to any other profession calling uh, that, that, that is out there. But one of the biggest things would be to do not shoulder this alone. Do not fall into that trap that says you alone as the staff member or the senior pastor should not and cannot do this by, by yourself. Fight that temptation to just either ignore it uh, completely, 100% outsource it to, to somebody else um, and don't think that you need to do it alone. But there are organizations like ACBC. There are people, I guarantee you, inside of your church, if given the opportunity, would love the opportunity to get the right training, have the right calling, have the right heart, um, have the calling of God to be able to step in and rightfully care for these people that are hurting and are struggling uh, inside of our congregations and, and inside of our churches. So, you know, trusting God that he has called us to this, knowing that God has not called us to do this alone and to do the hard work and fight the temptation to just delay this or procrastinate it, uh, but do the hard work to be able to call and equip other people to be able to do this. And I guarantee you that you will see a transformation and a change inside of your church. Uh, and inside of yourself as well. It's one of the things we did not expect at Church at the Mill early on. Like a lot of us, we just thought we're just going to take care of the hurting people that are inside of our church. But as we began to equip other people to be able to do this, uh, it started a trickle effect of just a higher level of one anothering that happened inside of our church. And instead of just a select few doing that, just the small group leaders or just the pastors or just the deacons, it became one of these things that say, okay, uh, I've been called to love well uh, my neighbor or, or, or the person within of my church, not just, well, you need to go talk to the pastor about that or you need to go talk to the professional uh, about that, whatever the situation may be. Now, Certain situations do require more training, more formality, uh, those types of things. Um, but there, 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 there has been and there continues to just be a transformation that just says we can and we should be coming alongside of each other, regardless of the size church that you have, to be able to love each other well because people are struggling and people are hurting and they are looking for answers. And God has given us the answer. He has given us truth and we should steward that truth well to be able to step into these struggles and be able to speak on the authority of god through his word and through the spirit of god
That's so good. Well, a little little shout out to your pastor, uh, DJ Horton. He's done a tremendous job in developing a, a, a team of people around him that um, that really make him look great as a leader. So uh, <laughs> let, let's just give him some props on that. And one of the unique things about his leadership and the church at the mill it, is is the fact that um, that that they're in the business of multiplication and they want to see um, they want to see um, ministry move out. Uh, not just from one person, not just from a handful of people, uh, but to be poured into the lives of others as well and then empower them uh, to do the work of the ministry and be equipped to do so. And, and, and Ashton, you're a product of that, and you continue to do that among your, your, uh, your church, and I just want to applaud you in that. Um, if there's a church that's out there that's maybe seeking to start a, um, a counseling ministry, uh, would it be okay for them to maybe reach out to you through your website? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would love to be able to uh, to do that. We're hosting some trainings through ACBC right now, so there's some churches we've already partnered with, helping them get training, helping them uh, kind of launch uh, what a biblical counseling ministry would look like through their church. So I would welcome the opportunity to be able to uh, to speak with anyone who uh, who would like to be able to uh, to do that. Uh, so my email address is Ashton A S H E T O N at Church at the Mill dot com. You can find us on our website. There may be some show notes uh, associated with uh, with this podcast. You can put all that in there, but I would welcome the opportunity to talk about what training looks like, what that looks like inside of your church or your context uh, to be able to help you care well for the folks that God has entrusted us with. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast today, Ash. Absolutely, man. I appreciate the invite. appreciate uh, you letting me come down to Columbia and uh, spend some time with you this afternoon. Well, until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel, advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.